Today is Wednesday, February 25th, 2015, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and as the world continues to move the direction that it goes on its own course, the Virgin Mary comes to us in revealing to us another course that God desires the world to take. And ultimately, it's going to be His will that will prevail in all of this, but who will be saved and who will be lost in the meantime. And that's the purpose of Our Lady coming and giving her messages like she gave today, the message to through Maria for the whole world. And tonight, a friend of Medjugorje is going to open up for us more of this message. It's a fairly simple message that Our Lady has given, but there are so many more things that need to be understood about it. So tonight, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. This month's message may look on the first appearance as something so simple that why waste time with it? And indeed, that was the attitude toward many people in the Medjugorje world for their first walk in conversion. First time they went to Medjugorje, the things that they saw, they were so interested in the signs, little attention was paid to the message. But when a message like this is given, I pay particular attention to it because God's solutions are very simple. They're not very difficult to understand and comprehend. And yet, because it's so simple, no one comprehends it. And so a message like today necessitates a real strong view of this and contemplation and prayer. And he says, you must pray to understand the profoundness of my message. She says, these are conveyed from God. She said something very interesting today that you might pass this message off so shallow, so simple, that our lady, because she gives a monthly message every 25th, she just has to say something. Maybe it's a bridge over. Maybe it's not something she really wants to talk about right now. So she just gives us some plenitudes of words to make us feel good or to feel like we're being talked to, except for the fact she's ordering us to speak less. God does not waste words. In fact, some of the most profound messages I've given, even on a personal basis when I've been with Maria, and she's given me something or something for me for the community, has been brief, short, but very, very powerful. Even some of them have taken years to comprehend and understand. And the day is no less the same. 
This message is very important. It says something very profound. And it takes prayer and more prayer to discover that. Our Lady of Medjugorje's February 25th, 2015 monthly message to the world. Dear children, in this time of grace, I call all of you, pray more and speak less. In prayer, seek the will of God and live it according to the commandments to which God calls you. I am with you and am praying with you. Thank you for having responded to my call. Pray more and speak less. What does this mean? What is this about? Typically, when people go to Medjugorje, they experience a beautiful thing. And Jesus used to say in the scriptures, or used to when he was on earth, and it's related in the scriptures, that Jesus would heal somebody and say, don't tell anyone. In other words, they could get so excited about the cure and what they received that they forget to be thankful and they forget to be reflective. And if you're not reflecting on what you got, you may miss the whole point of the miracle being given to start with. And yes, Medjugorje is filled with bigger miracles than what Jesus did upon the earth. You say, how's that? Because Jesus healed leprosy, made the dead walk, incredible cures, incredible exchanges with the Pharisees, showing his wisdom. But what Medjugorje is doing is doing something that he couldn't do always. And he had a hard time with the stubbornness of Jews and the Jewish religion at that time, especially, who were hard-hearted, that he couldn't open their heart. And he couldn't convert them. Mary has come to the world and the greatest miracle is a heart that opens and changes because of free will. They have to make that decision. And so her grace, her touch, her fingerprint upon us is a grace that has brought conversion to millions and millions of hearts. Something that Jesus, even in his day of his 33 years of his life and his three years of ministry, and now we're in 33 years of apparitions, the numbers are greater today than when he walked the earth. The most difficult miracle is the impulse to get somebody to change the direction of their life, to convert, because it's easy to reject that. And it's hard to accept the time of grace when it's there because it's a challenge. Mary showing us challenges, telling us the challenges, which is not easy to do. And so she wants us to be more quiet. She wants us to walk in an inner serenity that we reflect on ourselves. You've got all the talk show hosts. You've got everybody debating everything, coming up with all kinds of solutions. All the politics, all the debates, fruitless, useless. The answer they do not have and they won't have even in the next presidential election, whatever elections, this is over. There comes a point where everything gets so complicated, so interconnected, so darkened, that to be above that, and a good person, and a good Christian, you would scandalize at that level where you are, somebody who lived 100 years ago. In other words, our normal thinking Christian life is scandalous, even what we expose our eyes to, what our day goes about, how we live it 
how the materialism affects us when we think it's okay or it's normal compared to what somebody lived 100 years ago. So our lady's come to show something to us that we don't understand at this moment. I've been here um, 25 years or so with this mission, and I have seen from the beginning this impulse of yours to, at least at the very beginning, when Our Lady had given you the message of October 6, 1986, to pray and by your life witness, not with words, but rather through your life and lived in humility. And so in those early years, when you were really delving into the message for the first time, I know that Rob Wallace, the producer of 2020 with Barbara Walters, contacted Caritas, contacted you, and wanted to do a story, a 2020 program on you and your and the impact of Medjugorje on your life. And you said, no, I will not do that. And you said, what I will do is I'll put together a group. You can follow that group, but I don't want this to be a focus on me. I know that your friend Cyril from France, who'd spent many years in Medjugorje and you were very good friends with, that you were able to speak with the message with him very intimately and you arranged for him to come here to our country, America, and go on a tour. You arranged all of that for him to spread the message. He was the one that was going from town to town, spreading the message of Our Lady, while you were just the one arranging those talks. I know that the first Medjugorje conference in Notre Dame, that you were, you were present for that, but um, you were asked to do the rosary in front of the whole crowd, and you declined that because you were so desiring to live this message, not with words, rather through your life lived in humility. It wasn't a false sense of humility that made you decline not wanting to do the rosary publicly, but you were trying to embrace this of our, what Our Lady was asking of you. And so I know that this is what hit you in the message today, pray more and speak less. So explain that process of how you spoke less at the beginning and then gradually end up being one to witness to the message with words. I always kind of felt an aversion to to speaking. I had my company. I, I sold the work that we did. We took bids. You had to make presentations. So I wasn't, I was in fear of all that. And uh, in fact, one of my employees says, you need to be a lawyer the way you talk. And um, so it wasn't because of that. It was really the reason I felt the inner need to be quiet. That if I didn't grow my conversion, I wouldn't have conversion. And many people make the mistake of going to Medjugorje and, this, and the excitement and the process of being enlightened or the miracles. Because these miracles are doled out multiple times to individuals into the tens of millions, even if you don't go to Medjugorje. And a lot of people need to express and they won't tell their story. And to some degree, that's okay. But then it's focused on them and their story. My story was I was totally unworthy for where Our Lady put me from the get-go, being called in the apparition room. I was reflective on that. I thought about that. Who was I to be here? And I didn't really have anything to say to anybody. And so on this quiet walk, 
I felt this and confirmed it in the scripture. St. Paul was knocked off his horse. He was blinded. He went back. He got his eyesight. Jesus spoke to him. And the next thing we read in the scriptures is he was quiet for eight years. He didn't do anything. He didn't go preaching. He didn't go teaching. And this possibly not known could have been another three more years. So a whole 11 years he walked possibly being very completely limited his first eight years. Because he had learned how to be a Christian. You say, well, what about Jesus? Well, they had Jesus, the apostles. They had him with them for three years. And Jesus was putting them in training. But when St. Paul came, came along, why did he sit there? Because he had to learn and put into practice, especially him, because he had the way that he had to change where the Peter and, and John and all those wasn't in the synagogue. They were not part of that. So... It's very difficult for the theological people to be transformed like St. Paul was. So he had to walk this walk, and he had to live it. And he had to go through the things that he went through. Remember, he was killing Christians. He killed Stephen, the first martyr. And so this quiet time and conversion is very, very important. It doesn't mean you can't be spreading the messages. It doesn't mean, because I did that. I was printing. We were doing things. I, I was writing, but I was very passive because I felt this story is not about me. And this was a repeated theme that ran through. People would say, come do this, come do that. I said, no. I never felt the need. Sarah went around for a whole month flying. He was asking me to come with him. I said, for what? You do it. You've been out there. You... I didn't feel comfortable doing it because I needed to know the message. And I think God put this in my heart. I, th I think God, Our Lady, put it in our heart because it gave me a foundation that in 1995, when we got, I was with Maria in Italy. I'd been, uh, this is my eighth year, and I was very passive. I was writing, and the books were very popular, what was writing, because I was through prayer, writing them through prayer and getting into the message in a deep, deep, profound way, praying to comprehend them. And our lady comes out of the blue and gives this message. The main part that hit me when I heard it the first time was go out and get hearts and get them close to God to a way of salvation. And I thought, about that, and it was a, it was okay. You've been quiet. You haven't been out. You have, you haven't been speaking. I'm telling you now, go. I'm sending you forth. Go out and evangelize to the ends of the earth. What Jesus did at the ascension, he got all his disciples to point, and they knew when they were supposed to go out. But just because you got converted, doesn't mean you should stand up in front of people. Because a lot of people they have gone through profound conversions in Missouri, immediately start speaking about it. They hadn't built any strength. They hadn't built the love for fasting. They hadn't cored prayer into their lives so strongly and structuredly that they they built strength to ward off the attack of the devil. One guy was a prisoner. I can't remember his name. Dramatic story. He's in prison. He goes through a conversion. He starts praying the rosary in his pocket because the other prisoners would be a problem. He'd walk around the prison yard every day and after people started noticing it, another guy came up and asked what he was doing. He spoke to him. He told him what he was doing. This guy started walking around with him the same way. And they started saying the rosary. They started saying the rosary for other people in the prison. Soon, other people started joining them. And a whole conversion process in the prison went through like incredible. It was such a degree that they shortened his time, got him out of prison. He started going speaking about it. I don't know if he stayed even a year 
on the circuit and going to all the major conferences, and he crashed and fell big time. He didn't make solid his conversion into a foundation of prayer and fasting, and the devil took back over and he did some other kind of crime. I can't remember the details of it, but it was a dramatic thing. And I always remember that, that you don't want to go out and start doing things or the devil's going to beat you up. And he'll come back on your weaknesses that you should be strong on or your scars that you've had and, and use those against you. You can have scars that are for God or from life. Everyone in the world, everybody in the world today seeks to make everything easy on themselves. Our lady's direction is just the opposite. She's don't want, she don't want this to happen to us because you get soft. And everybody's been scarred. They've been scarred by their own sins or their own way of life. Or even God's scars. Because the more you love with God's love, the more you're going to be scarred. And the more you're scarred, you resemble Jesus. And if you give those scars, even if they're from the world, you give it to him, consecrate him, you're past everything, then you resemble his stripes. Then you can use those stripes, use those scars to steal away heaven. Love is a thief, stealing what Satan wants to possess. Don't be afraid. Love will cover everything. And use your scars to the favor of God that you can take a delight in them, even if they're from the world, but you transform them into something of great value for your conversion and others. Oh, yeah.
I want to bring up a, a memory that happened probably 25 years ago, since this is kind of what we've been talking about. I don't know if you'll remember this, but this is as clear as day to me still. And it had to do with uh, Maria coming back here. She was coming back to the United States. This is after her first visit here to your place and when she had those first apparitions in 1988 and 1989. But there were people in the background that were doing everything they could to separate you from Maria. And they were doing very devious things. It was very hurtful. You had already started this path as we talked about. You were known as a friend of Medjugorje, but you were just beginning writing. You had not gone the way of going to conferences. So no one really knew you. And you had no real strength on your own. You had Our Lady and and what she was putting, this path she was putting you on, you had this friendship with Maria. And you felt very strongly that this friendship was something God had ordained and that was necessary for you for what Our Lady planned to do with you and this mission. And so she was prevented from coming back to Caritas through these individuals. And you were very concerned about this. And I remember you came and we, just a few of us with you, were kneeling, praying to Our Lady to give a message to us through words from heaven. It was a very solemn prayer. It was a very deep prayer. It was a very humble time because you knew you had no one besides Our Lady. And this was the message that you picked and opened up to, May 9th, 1985. Dear children, no, you do not know how many graces God is giving you. You do not want to move ahead during these days when the Holy Spirit is working in a special way. Your hearts are turned toward the things of earth and they preoccupy you. Turn your hearts toward prayer and seek the Holy Spirit to be poured out on you. Thank you for having responded to my call. Well, my reaction to that message was, we're already down, and it seems like Our Lady is chastising you a little bit, and that it, that you were troubled with this as well. And this was a moment of cognition for you. That's why I remember this, this message clearly, and I remember the whole situation clearly, because what you did with this message from Our Lady was that you responded to her. You went deeper into the message. You went deeper into prayer. And you abandoned this whole situation. And then within a few days, we really did see that the Holy Spirit was working behind the scenes in a really miraculous way. But this was uh, another situation where you, your path of not speaking led you into a deeper plan of, that God was going to use you for. I just wonder if you remember that situation, if you remember that message, and what that meant to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so many things, and so many stories you have with that lady, it's really incredible. We just got through taping the redoing some of the January 25th show, and it's, we've added to it, and another story of walking with the lady. And it's incredibly beautiful. And through this retaping of this we're about to release it i was just reflecting on all the stories that we have through our lady and 
it parallels that she's been writing something with us in our lives. Then when Jesus came along, everything comes at the last moment. You know, he goes to Lazarus, it's over, it's impossible for him to rise from the dead. And even Mary Magdalene says, you know, runs that to him, why did you come earlier? Almost chastising him. And he weeps, Jesus himself. Some say it's because he was disappointed people didn't have faith in him sometimes. Or some other people say it was because Lazarus went to the death. But then out of nowhere, this boomerang comes back and he's resurrected. And the spiritual life is just like that. You get crushed, you get smashed, you think it's over, and then you come out and you're all the more stronger for it. And so these weaknesses that we see as something that makes us weak actually strengthens us. And so that's something I've learned over and over and over with a lady. And Maria said that this was a great grace when people tried to stop what we were doing. In other words, they tried to stop us in a way that they did not want Maria with us and or with me. The community didn't exist at that time. And this this is how I was able to write Two Love. I had to go through cognition to write the, the writing of Two Love, which is hanging in Methodist churches. It's in churches across Italy. It's in churches across the whole world. And it was really a two-minute writing. It wasn't complicated to write. It wasn't difficult because I'd lived through that. Two Love is something I had lived. And actually, Joan was in Italy when I wrote it. She called and was being persecuted because of me. And, and so... I felt so bad for her. She was in a hotel. I went on the bed in the bedroom and wrote this thing down on a piece of paper, faxed it to her at the hotel. That was it. I didn't think it was anything profound or anything that was going to go all around the world. But the power in that writing is that that was lived. The cognition of having gone through that is what was suffered in to love. And what does to love mean? So... Our Lady, we believe, I believe strongly, has chosen this mission and what we do to write to the future people because they'll go through everything we're going through. And we go through difficulty after difficulty, and all the more, you've heard me say it, we call it construction through destruction. We're destroyed, and we come out better for it and able to do what we need to do. You know, it's funny you mentioned to love because my question actually had to do with to love. And uh, maybe it was providential, but in the earlier conversation before the first song i can't help but think about two love this 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 the words of two love actually came to me and there was one particular work group of words that i was going to ask you about and that was the words where you wrote to have the answers and not be able to convey them is that when you when you put those words together was it was it thinking that you had the right answers and people couldn't accept it? Or was it that, um, you know, what was there something specific to that? I mean, you were blocked from being able to say the answer? That's, you know, I, I couldn't help but think of it in looking at the message today pray more and speak less. Because when you put the words down to have the answers and not be able to convey them, I suspect that maybe there's, there was maybe something that came to mind a memory or an experience that you, for a reason, felt that those words needed to go there? Well, I was, I was repeatedly shut out of the Medjugorje world. Uh, it, actually, there it was a movement from almost everybody in Medjugorje. 
there was intense jealousy about what I was doing. I wasn't there except for the purity of spreading the messages. And people were into the witness sides of things about this happened to me or this, that, and that's okay. That's, that's what the charisma is. I never criticized that. I was into the messages. And so that was never given a form. Even when there was, we were the, we were really the biggest guys on the block. And when there was a former where we were to speak, uh, we were shunned, isolated. Uh, Marie asked me to fly down to Florida one time when she was down there. We did. And there was thugs when I came out of the restroom blocking me from going to where Maria was. It was bizarre. And, and my wife and my daughter-in-law, now daughter-in-law, heard say that one of them was, they said, they're going to kill me. And so these things are real. And people are incited and they didn't know what, they, these thugs, they didn't know what they were there for. But it was to keep me away from Maria. That's, and there's a whole lot more stories that we've never made public. We've got a script. We've got a story to tell. And the, the things that have happened to the, to the almost 30 years we've been doing this actually rooted us in our own ground. In other words, not being included in things, which I have no, never, never wanted to be included in that. I, I wanted to follow Our Lady. What does she have for me? And I just followed that pattern. But by doing that and isolating Caritas, it made us be able to stand on our own feet. And our foundation that we stand on is Our Lady. We didn't have to depend on anybody else. We today don't depend on anybody else to make our our outreach. When you come here, we got sixty thousand square foot building, and I didn't want this to be a show just about bragging about. It. It's not. It's what God has done for us. We've done nothing. We just followed that. Follow what Our Lady has shown us. So when I wrote that into love. Um, what was the verbiage you said? It was to, to have the answers. To enough. have the answers and not be able to convey them. We knew the answer. We were into the message. We was just seeing a lot of things that was affected and damaging image where people were doing. So our voice just kept getting bigger on independent from all that. And I knew to be quiet. Yeah, I think biblically the term that they use is the prophet's dilemma when you know that the message won't be received or it won't be understood or it's not you can't convey it, I think. Well, it's not wanted because it's not their message. And so <clears throat> this put us in an isolated position that really put us in a position to influence the whole world of Medjugorje. There's no place we don't go that people aren't following what we do in our life. And we know now, we've got enough cognition with our lady, enough stories, enough of, of thinking we're over only to come back stronger that she's making us a window for the future Christians, the, the future people who follow her, which would be billions, to know how the people who walked with Our Lady lived in the time of grace. And that's what she said today. In this time of grace, I call you, pray more, speak less. Thank God, God put this in my heart. I don't, we wouldn't be here today if we didn't do that. In prayer, seek the will of God and live it according to the commandments to which God calls you. That's the answer. Of all the political solutions, all the financial solutions, everything coming up, all the medical things, everything is hinging on, on this. The world's answer is this, just this simple. God gave a solution. In prayer, seek the will of God. So that's the first thing. Seek His will. How? And live it, what? His will. Live it according to the commandments to which He calls you. That's all you have to do. 
and everything that's upside down will be flipped over upside right by the grace of God looking down and seeing this and he straightens everything out. But we're not going to have that happen. And so there's got to be a purification that comes to tell us this. Our Lady wants to be with us forever. She's here for that. She wants her heart to be with us. And this time, she's the one to listen to. She's the one to believe in. Nothing else. Not Congress, not the President, not the world, not the UN. Nowhere else. No people, nowhere, except Our Lady. Believe in her. Because all future, all future history is going to record how fortunate we were to live with her. Because we live with her through the time of grace with the queen who became a mother of the world. For what? To wake us up to love. A love shaped like Our Lady's heart. Our Lady comes to reshape the whole world into a beautiful peace, a beautiful place to live. She's not coming here and say it's going to burn up. She says, I offer you a, a century of peace is available to you. In 1999, she said this. So when Our Lady ceases to appear, she'll leave the trace of her heart across the world.
in light of all that's been going on this past month with the world in turmoil, it's interesting that Our Lady speaks about the commandments. In prayer, seek the will of God and live it according to the commandments to which God calls you. So you have the Jewish people, the president of Israel that has just called upon all the European Jews to flee Europe and come to Israel for their own safety, for their own future. You have what ISIS is doing and all that the the turmoil that's being caused by ISIS and the Muslims. You have the Christians, all three religions who look to the commandments, who believe in the commandments. So what is Our Lady saying? Would you say the will of God is as a Jew, as a Muslim, as a Christian, trying to figure out the will of God through li- living the commandments? Well, Our Lady's virtue and her common message is the, what Jesus said to Maria two Christmases ago is, I am your peace, live the commandments. But this resonates with the three monolithic religions of the whole world. We've talked about this before in another show. The Jews believe in the Ten Commandments. The Christians have the Ten Commandments. And the Muslims have the Ten Commandments. And so that's why it signs up in Jerusalem when you go there. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And don't think Our Lady's not here for that. But don't think the path to get to that peace isn't a lot of unpeace. Who is it that's attacking ISIS the strongest today? Christians? No. Jordan's king, a Muslim. Who's attacking the strongest again when the 21 Coptic Christians were killed? The president of Egypt, a Muslim. So you've got to decide which side you're going to be on, the side of hate or the side of love. If you're on the side of love, even if your theology is not correct or you're in error, love is God. So you have God in you, and that's where I reject the Christians that say, unless you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're going to hell. I heard a preacher a couple of months ago say that. Couldn't believe it. So an Indian is in hell because he'd never heard Jesus. And I don't mean from India. I mean Indian on the United States of America. No, there are people that have love in the heart, and they got love in the heart, and they die, and they stand before Jesus. They say, you, you are who I loved. I didn't know who you were. But because you know love, enter into paradise. You are kind, you are charitable, and you loved. Love is the ingredients for salvation. It's not doctrine. It's not that you have to know anything. It is for us because to whom much is given, much is expected. For Catholics, for Christians, we're very responsible to that and acknowledging the things about Jesus Christ and, and going through the formers or baptism and everything else. But what about baptism by desire? You think they're locked out of heaven forever? We used to teach the theology of limbo. We dropped that. But we don't know all the ins and outs of everything. But one thing we can say for a fact is love is God. And if you love as a person, as an individual, then you have God in you. And it's true. You, no one goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So this person who loved dies, they're standing in front of Jesus Christ, they go through him, how do they know it's not after he dies? And this is where people speak too much. I heard today a preacher saying, he's interviewing a guy who just wrote a book about apologetics. 
and say, we got to get more schooled in the Bible. We got to be able to explain things. We got to be able to talk about these things. Um, so when we run across atheists and people that's hateful to us, we get, we can't be hateful back to them. We got to love, but we can talk them and have points. That don't convert people. Apologetics has turned me off for years and years and years. And I was into that in the beginning. I knew the Bible inside out. And I could argue anybody anything, but you know, you just consolidate their arguments. The abortion people that debate, the anti-abortion people, most of those people just polish themselves in the, in the corners and get further into it. The abortion people that changed or was convicted by the life of love that the anti-abortion people showed them. It's your witness. It's your witness. It's your witness. This is what our lady's trying to get us to say. She doesn't say anything about go speak and then just talk to talk. You gotta walk it. You gotta be in a living Bible to people. And when you take that and you understand that, then something can happen because people are affected by that. Sometimes I give uh, somebody something or, or, or a big, bigger tip than what would be normal just, just because it breaks, breaks the door open to them to talk. They're more friendly to you. What do you do? And I tell them what I do. I don't push it. And everywhere I go and everywhere many of the people go, we end up in a conversation about people being interested in what we do. We have people come here, vendors, people just we meet on the streets, end up coming to, to Caritas because we saw them at the store or something happened. My son and daughter-in-law was just at a, a place in Atlanta, a big trade show about for our agrarian side of things. And they ran across this one guy who goes to Italy, has some machinery that we're interested in looking at for making us more efficient. And they asked, well, what kind of application? And told him a little bit about what we do. And it resulted in the guys he hearing it. He's Catholic. He started getting chills. Uh, he got goosebumps. He couldn't believe it. He lives in Oregon. He flew down yesterday and ate lunch with us just to come here. And didn't know nothing about Medjugorje. He just heard a little bit about what Tony and Aaron talked about. And so in that process, this guy comes, drives from Atlanta because they had a meeting in Atlanta just to come here, with, with only could spend four hours here to have to go back to the appointment. He calls after he leaves. He says, I've already had a miracle happen. He says, I, I was looking at my phone and I was reading things and I was seeing this and I, was, I, was, and I realized I didn't have my glasses on. I can't see that. And, and so the witness did it. We didn't do any preaching our lady don't want you to go talking about your conversion. Be converted. And it's, it's a hard thing to master. But you need your inner serenity, the grace attached to that inner serenity, that God can put more into them than what you even say or what they even see. He exaggerates. Grace exaggerates that. Our lady says, you're in a time of grace. And so when she says, pray more and speak less, when you do speak, you'll be speaking with wisdom. And so these things, these things that a lady are asking us are very profound, but very simple. We didn't intend to play this, but I just in the course of the song pulled up the um, a, a commercial actually that was for our gift shop, and the commercial is actually to love. So when when you hear the commercial, you're hearing to love, and then at the very end, it just has a little thing about the gift shop. But one thing that a friend of Medjugorje saw very, very clearly in the message of Our Lady of Witness was you're not selling a product, you're witnessing to them something. And so every commercial that was ever done was always some kind of a teaching of some type. 
and really the the words that that were advertising the gift shop are really really sh- short pieces at the end and there's there was a, a dozen of these commercials that were done and every one of them was a teaching of some type and with gift shop being the last 10 seconds or 5 seconds or something like that of the of the commercial itself but this was this was one of them and it actually was a, a longer it wasn't a 30 second it wasn't a 60 seconds actually a minute and a half and local Christian stations that were playing these went beyond the normal time of a 30-second commercial or a 60-second commercial because of the teaching of them. They were worth the time slot of a minute and a half, which is very valuable on a radio. So we're going to play this for you. And again, this is what you're going to hear is this is to love. And this was recorded a number of years ago. So uh, this is the spot we'll play for you now. To love and be rejected. To spend every effort to help and be turned down. To be in a situation of having to compete to be heard and be silent. To have the answers and not be able to convey them. To lose knowing you can win rather than being political. To go to the end of the line when you were there first. To tell the truth and it be made a lie to try to be saintly and to be made out to be a devil to be on the inside and to be cast outside to be with many and to know you are really alone to give yourself unreservedly to others and be a victim of their envy to dedicate your life to a purpose and that purpose turn against you to be innocent and be accused To be stripped of all authority, earthly power, and position, and be nothing, is to have one's heart lacerated with humility to the greatest depth and receive at the greatest heights God's blessing of walking Jesus' path. To love. Come to the resting place, a place which exists to help lead you to a deeper understanding of the Gospels. Your difficulties and daily trials are not without value. Rather, they are treasures in perfecting your love. First Peter says, Rejoice instead in the measure that you share Christ's sufferings. The resting place. From Birmingham, take 280 East, left on Shelby County Road 43, then six and one-half miles to the resting place at Caritas of Birmingham. Our Lady says to look for the profoundness in her messages. And in this last line of hers, I am with you and am praying with you. It seems a simple phrase that she's praying with us, but what is the profoundness within those words? I think what you just heard with two love is, two love, two love is the message. I couldn't have wrote that if I wasn't deep into the message. I couldn't have wrote that if I wasn't deep in prayer because I wouldn't have made it through Every circumstance that you just heard, all those things are real life things, multiple times in my walk and my conversion that I had to go through cognition before she ever mentioned the cognition of what she's been saying a lot of recently, that just like the Thursday message, God wants to test you through your daily chores. You know, I was tested in 1988 through Maria being here. I remember going up to the bedroom and talking to Maria while she was here for those across those three months. The, the persecution was so bad that, that I started thinking maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm bad. Maybe I'm not doing right. And I says, Maria, do you ever feel like 
you're not, I feel like maybe I'm not pleasing God. All this, you know, we want everybody to be happy. We want everybody to be experiencing conversion. And we were being attacked ferociously. Uh, raccoons being skinned, put on crosses on the driveway, tires being slit, uh, the religious sides of the Catholics, big Catholics in town attacking it. This was just a circus. And it was, we was in peace. Beautiful things were happening. But we were in turmoil. At the same time, we had the mother of God there, so we was in peace. But I asked her, I said, do you ever feel like maybe what you're doing is not right? Or, or actually, I said, do you ever feel like that lady's not pleased with what you're doing? And she said something profound. She says, all the time. I was stunned by that. Because here's it, here it is, somebody seeing the Virgin Mary, and I tell you, this girl at those days was a walk-in saint. You can't even believe the things that we've archived that we'll talk about in the future, maybe after our lifetimes what she was doing, how she lived, and even what we've had to live. God put us in the position of the saints. He wanted to see if we were going to walk that way. And so very often we would see these things happen that it was just to be able to to make it easy for two love to be expressed or many of the things, or it is to be expressed in probably 20 writings like this because our lady wants to leave her trace of her heart how she shaped the world. She shaped my world. She wants to shape your world as an apostle. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to commit? Our lady did something really interesting with, with the message today. It's very short. Making two or three points, that's it. But night before last, Our Lady appeared to Yvonne on the mountain of Medjugorje, February 23rd, two days ago, with a message that's three times, maybe four times longer than the message for the 25th for the whole world. My dear children, she said, my little children, also today I desire to call you in this time of grace which is coming. See, she echoed that today. In this time of grace is what she said today. Night before last, in this time of grace, which is coming. Something's coming. Don't think it's Easter. It's death. And after death comes resurrection. What does that mean? You figure it out. You need to pray more. And what does she say after that in the message to Yvonne? In this time of grace, which is coming, pray more. Today, in this time of grace, I call you, pray more and speak less. So she says, and Yvonne's, pray more in your families, renew prayer in your families, especially pray, dear children, with the children. Pray, dear children, for my intentions, for my plan, which I desire to realize by my coming here. 33 years, and you think the plan is completely unfolded and everything's over and this plan's it? This was a plan here. Our Lady came here with a plan. She did it prophetically. She gave the message October 686 that conversion was spread divinely from this place. Never, never did the thought cross that that would mean she'd come here and appear. But I was open to it. I opened my heart to it. And I, and I, I was walking the walk of the message not perfectly, I'm a sinner like anybody else, and worse, and I'm more accountable than you are because I've had the encounters with the lady. So our lady says, for my plans, this is Yvonne's message, which, which, is, which is your message, which I desire to realize my coming here, especially pray for my plans of peace. Everywhere there's no peace. And she says, this grace is coming. The mother prays together with you and is always near you. So decide... Comma, decide again, she says, to pray more. Thank you, dear children, for also today having responded to my call. That's a long message. Today's was, dear children, in this time of grace, I call you all to pray 
more and speak less. In prayer, seek the will of God and live according to the commandments to which God calls you. I am with you. I'm praying with you. Thank you for responding to my call. Just three points made. Time of grace is coming. Pray more, speak less, live the commandments. I'm praying with you. Four points. This other has several things said, and it's longer. Where did she say more? In the last one. She's given us an example herself that this message on the 25th says more than the one that's longer because she speaks less. And she says solutions here, more profound. So she's even given an example that you don't have to be long and lengthy in explaining things. Because if you dive into this message today, the 25th, February, it'll speak to you. Much more profound because this is a message for the world. These are the ones historically that will be looked at and studied more deeply because this was the forming of her heart across the world. And all this calculates out for you to be thankful. I said already, Paul said in his weeks that he's the strongest. On the third day of the apparitions, Maria was, was sidetracked off the trail. She was forcibly pushed off the trail, literally. She couldn't resist it. And then Our Lady suddenly appeared with a cross behind her. Our Lady told her, this was June 26, 1981, peace, 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 be reconciled, only peace. Make your peace with God and among yourselves. This is the commandment, love of neighbor. This is the problem today. She continues, for that it is necessary to believe, to pray, to fast, and to go to confession. Our Lady said on October 10th, 1999, I come here as the Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. That third day, she says, be reconciled. We always end our rosaries and our title for Our Lady, not just Queen of Peace, but Queen of Peace and Reconciliation, because the world needs to be reconciled with God, but it can't be reconciled with God if we're not reconciled with each other. And so there's a lot to look at and to be thankful for that we have that because prayers are being answered. God's listening. You need to be thankful to heaven. You need to be feeling alive through the messages again because that's what it's about, resurrection. Will you be here to experience that? Circle round like butterflies Escape the pouring rain Run into the alleyways Steal a little kiss again You're my only weakness But somehow you made me strong After chasing ghosts and fairy tales I'm right where I belong And I don't know where I've been
Everything today is about dialogue. You hear so much, whether it's people talking to each other or the pundits, the solutions for ISIS, dialoguing about the economy. I get sick of even reading about, even though we do medianomics, about these worthless conversations that they go back and forth debating this or that. Religious differences, family you got to dialogue. you got to talk your problems. No. Just follow the commandments. That's the solution. Our lady talked about, I gave you the message a minute ago where our lady talked about peace, queen of peace and reconciliation. She's the queen of reconciliation. And that's one of the most beautiful stories that come out of Medjugorje when you talk about witnesses. And so we have situations where families have to have something tragic happen to them to bring them together. And then when they lost a loved one and they're all alone, suddenly they realize that they care for each other. It sometimes takes a weak spirit uh, to be made strong by somebody else who were left behind. I quoted a few shows back about a statement. I don't know who said it, but it was a life not worth studying is a life not worth living. Our lives are called to be lived so that when people look at your life, they'll be imprinted by what you lived, shaped by your life, and thereby you will live in them when you pass. If you are a strong spirit, your strength will pass from one generation to the next. We're living in ourselves what Jesus did upon the earth for 30, in three years, what we found out. But you live on if you're a spirit like that and you're strong. In 1981, when things were just taken off for me, my dad died. And uh, so as everything was finally exploding for me after 
20 years. My dad, who was my champion, passed away right at that moment. So I wrote a song, I wrote six lines for him in a song called April 24th, 1981, which is the day he died. I called it that because I always wanted to remember the day that we lost him. And three years later, I wrote another song about my dad called My Father's Chair. Does anyone know what cricket is? You know the game, the English game, cricket? But my dad loved cricket. And, uh, and as he was dying, he used to sit in his chair and watch cricket all day long. And when he finally passed, I walked into that room to get something and I saw his chair. And it made me realize he wouldn't, he wouldn't be back. So I used that image to write my father's chair. I know all your life you wondered About that great step we all take along How far does a spirit travel on the journey? You must surely be near heaven And it thrills me to the bone To know daddy knows the grave My father's chair still standing there all alone since the long night. Now it's three years on, and I still feel he'll come home. We'll be alright. Where's this healing time brings? I was told the pain would ease. But it still hurts like the first night That night my brother My mother and I Looking up At a distant star And wishing we Could reach that far in the house and alone for the first time we told each other we cared and I avoided my father's chair
I watch my family, we hold on, we are strong, and we'll be alright. Continues counting down all the while, and every child will share the long night. Do the spirits meet again? Why am I still so filled with doubt? Is my soul everlasting? In the far distant future, when I knew you'd be gone, came too fast and stays too long. Why do they leave the weak of spirit and take the strong? When the world turns sour And I get sick from the smell And I can't find no comfort there I climb into my father's chair Thomas More, he stood up to the King of England and he was martyred for it. He's the only one that did. He was martyred. Why did they leave the weak of spirit and take the strong? It's because they leave the deposit of their lies written on the heart of the weak who become strong. How will you live? What impact will you leave? I was 11 years old. My little sister was four. I had three other brothers beside me. She got sick. Two weeks later, she was dead. Sudden. And I'd walk after that, even a month later, even longer than that. And I'd say, oh, I need to go say something to Tony Marie about something. You just had this quick thought. Because you couldn't get used to her not being there. Life's full of tragedies. My mother would see her walking down the hall. Things are imprinted so much on us when even somebody like a little girl leaves behind that you can't get used to them being gone. You can't get you can't be used to them being gone. Things turn sour, and things do smell in the world today. But you can be the fragrance. The lady says, "Be the odor of holiness if you adopt her way, her way." And so it is. We've got something coming to us in the distant future that's available to us in the present. Your call is straight from heaven, straight from the Virgin Mary. Will you respond? Will your life be something worthy of study that people will wish to imitate? And will you be longed for? Everything is at risk today, and it's up to you. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.